0: Sci-fi exterminate
1: computer status report don't blink don't even blink blink
2: and you're dead no sci-fi saturday night hello and good evening and welcome to another edition of sci-fi saturday night hey 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 everybody how we doing
3: (laughs) woohoo
1: let let me tell you it's been a day to remember it's
3: been a
0: day that's for sure it's been a day and it's been a week to remember for the sci-fi community let me tell you
1: oh yeah yeah it hasn't been a good week all around has it no, not at all. Not all right. right. Um, before we get started with tonight's uh, uh, cast, uh, X, you got something we want to see we want to uh, we want
2: to say? I, I do indeed. Uh, go for it. Okay, first of all, We want to say that uh, we do apologize for all of our listeners who have been writing us and calling us for the last few weeks, saying they were going to meet up with us at the New England Fan Expo today. Um, Due to circumstances beyond our control with the management of that organization, uh, we were not able to attend. Um... All we're going to say, we do apologize to our fans who wanted to meet us. We were looking forward to seeing you all in person as well. Um, for the record, we are no longer in any way affiliated with the New England uh, fan experience. And uh, we hope to see all of our, uh, our listeners at the Boston Comic-Con this April. Yeah, we can definitely see them then there. Yes, indeed. Or something. So, having said that, Dollhouse.
0: All right. Yeah. I suppose we need to get into this, don't we, Java? We do. You know, I've been thinking about it a lot over the past week. Uh, For those of you who who haven't heard, um, along with a few other shows, of course, because we're getting up to sweeps pretty quick here, um, Fox has decided to not continue... With the Dollhouse season, um, they're going to air all of the unaired episodes thus far this season, but they're supposedly. not producing anymore. Yeah, supposedly. Mm-hmm. But we've heard this line before from them.
3: Although there is a schedule out, I did see a schedule the other day.
0: Mm-hmm. And and you know it, it makes sense that they'll finish it out because we're not quite to to the time that, that most shows take a hiatus. For this, for the holiday season, it's also um, been
3: pointed out to me in uh, the talk shoot chat that Eastwick was also canceled.
0: True, along with a bunch of other shows. You know, that's that's the nature of the business uh, around this time of year. Shows get evaluated, and in my blog post, which will be going up on the site uh, shortly, um, the uh, the thing that I that I came to is that looking at the numbers, uh, the the ratings for the show over the past few months since it started up again with the, with the second season, you know, the, the viewership just has not been there. And I think that I, that I've puzzled out at least satisfactorily for me, why that is, but it doesn't change the fact that, you know, it's disappointing that the show isn't going to be coming back.
1: Okay, John, if I could just kind of interject here momentarily, um, when shows are in that Friday night ghetto, usually the viewership is down considerably. And the Nielsens have been very remiss in uh, how they have been underreporting viewership because they can also, and have been for about the past year and a half, been taking TiVo numbers and adding them to it when asked. And it turns out that Dollhouse viewership increases by 55% when you add in the DVR usage
0: and you know that's absolutely true um, but I, I still don't think that the, the viewership is there to to justify the show that's pretty much the conclusion I've come to um, you know it's a great show But the nature of the show is such that it requires something out of the viewer. You know, it requires a a certain amount of thought on the part of the person watching the show in order to remain interested in it. And And I just don't think that many people want that kind of a show.
3: You know, it's true. And at some points, like in the very last episode that just aired, it got ugly. It's mm-hmm. not something that's easy to watch. It's not something that someone who just wants to sit down for an evening of entertainment with their dinner maybe wants to watch.
1: It's not a pretty show, I'll grant you that. Um, the other thing, Java, that you know networks right now are not really paying attention to is the quick return routine. And the reality is that some of the longest-running shows that we've ever had on television in their very first season were floundering. And even into their second season, it. the one thing that Fox has continually shown is their inability to stay with a commitment. And my thought has always been that we that they could have stuck with this
0: you know i think they could have um that but that's that's a a much more complicated issue than i can understand i think Uh, especially (laughs) especially when especially when you're when you're thinking about in terms of revenue and i think that Whereas the the Firefly audience and the Dollhouse audience are vibrant and vocal fans who, you know, make a lot of noise despite their numbers. Um, I think that that's not the kind of audience that Fox is looking for. I don't think that that's the kind of audience that any television network is looking for. Um, You know, they're they're still stuck in the uh, kind of, Consumerist oeuvre that where it, where people sit down and consume media rather than being actively involved in it, which is not the kind of audience that shows like Firefly and Dollhouse create.
1: Which is not where Joss Whedon is going with yeah. his with his his stuff at all.
0: Right, it's not really
3: and where he's ever gone.
0: Right, and I think that whereas Joss Whedon has the right tack for the future, um, I don't think that the the television networks are necessarily going to understand that and appreciate it. Um, I just don't think they're ready for it yet. And unfortunately, I don't think that the kind of production that Joss Whedon wants to do can be supported by an independent audience from the Internet either. Well,
2: now, now let me ask this. Um, I, it seems to me that one of the problems is that... Um, Joss keeps doing this with networks. Um, Wouldn't it make more sense if it was on uh, a more specialized cable um, network like sci-fi network? Um, I believe the point was brought up uh, by someone today that uh, Dollhouse would actually do well on the Lifetime network for that (laughs) demographic.
0: (laughs) Uh, You know, I think that that's true but then you also have to look at the budget that uh, shows like Sanctuary and uh, Warehouse 13 are given as opposed to the kind of budget that he's used to working on with uh, Dollhouse. Uh, the The production value is not quite up to the standards that he's been used to in his previous lines of work. And whereas I think that he's he's okay with working with a smaller budget, as we can see in his work on um, you know his web series that are happening. I just I, when he when it comes to his big-name shows, I'm not sure that he's ready to put that out there like that. I'm, I, I'm, I wouldn't I'm not be. sure that
1: he has a choice at this point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a distinct possibility. Mm. I mean, I'm sure that he's got lots of lines in the water, so to speak. But um, he's, he's coming up on his second series that's been ended before the end of the second season, um, major series. So I think... I think maybe he should start to look at a different model, or at least a different type of show. The real thing with Dollhouse and with Firefly too is that they were kind of a strange combination of a um, episodic, you know, epic, um, and a monster of the week type of show, and they kind of dance between the two, and that's a really hard balance to strike. And I don't think that he's been able to do it with Dollhouse, at least not as Successfully, as I think you might have hoped.
1: One of the things that Dollhouse really threw me with is after it got past those first five episodes, it began to have a core that was very dark, extremely dark. And yeah. just when I thought it couldn't get any darker, that last episode before they went on hiatus was just an absolute... Uh, I I, I honestly don't have the words to describe.
2: Now, you know, this brings to mind something. You're you're saying that parts of the reasons that Dollhouse didn't work was that it was too dark. It had a uh, convoluted, overarching storyline and a high budget. And it wasn't easy for new viewers to get into. And it was... You're basically describing the revamp of Battlestar Galactica, which had huge ratings. I, think, I really think that it's a case of the viewers are there if you, care to, if you try to reach out to them. I just think that Fox has no interest in promoting Dollhouse. Battlestar Galactica was very heavily promoted, whereas Dollhouse, I, I never saw an ad for it.
0: Well, but Battlestar Galactica wasn't a network show.
3: That's true. It was on the Sci-Fi Channel.
0: But it
2: still uh, had a very big budget.
0: Well, I don't think that it had as big a budget as Dollhouse does. Um, I think that it eventually got that budget because it was such a big name. But it got that, it got that kind of notoriety. It, it didn't start off with that kind of notoriety. It started off as a very small show. Um, in fact, it started off as a miniseries, and that's the reason it was made into a television show. Um, and I think that the, the reason that Battlestar Galactica got such notoriety was be, w- initially because of the writing. But Battlestar Galactica is one of those show, shows that you have to understand what's going on. It's not a, a monster of the week type of show, and Dollhouse sometimes is you know, and and I think that, I think that that, that whereas with, you know, Buffy, it was, you know, very much jump in, have a good time, watch it, you know, whatever the, the overarching story was not as important to the, to the major part of the episodes than the monster of the week was. And I think that. He's trying to mix in a little bit too much of the epic story into the weekly episodes. Hmm.
3: You know, okay. I, I kind of disagree on a couple of points, though. I, I did see Dollhouse advertised before before it was on. Maybe not as much, you know, while it was on, because it was on right next to the Sarah Connor Chronicles, and they were sort of doing a joint thing with Summer Glau. Oh, boy. Um, and actually, yeah. Summer Glow is going to be on the episodes that we hope will be aired, right? Yes. Exciting. I just hope Amy Acker comes back in time. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, this point was also brought up in the, in the talk show chat room, but maybe it's the advertisers. The people who advertise in that slot aren't getting what they feel like is their money's worth because the show is so dark and ugly they don't want their products associated with it, and then if no one wants to advertise, then your show's dead in the water because you've got no money.
0: Well, I, and it, and it's also very hard to figure out what to advertise. You know, what are you going to advertise to the to the dollhouse audience? Tide detergent. There you
1: go. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. You know, it's it's not an easy thing to do. But that's all stuff that I have no experience with, so I, I really hesitate to speak to that. But I do know that, I know that Dollhouse, and, like Firefly before it, are big uh, series that people watch on DVD, and it's right. really hard to, to judge viewership based on DVD sales, you know, because especially in the age of Netflix and Hulu, you know, I know that, that Nielsen has started to report TiVo ratings, but... It's still, it's a difficult thing to do. And, you know, I can understand the network saying, you know, this isn't getting the kind of return that we we expect from a major show. The reality is, I think, that the networks are pretty much acing themselves
1: out of the game. And here's why. NBC is having all kinds of problems. NBC is getting beaten by Telemundo, for God's sake. At this point in time... They're claiming that shows are not bringing in the amount of viewership that they need to maintain them. When they're running these damn shows on their own websites, which are measurable, they're running them on Hulu, which are measurable, and on both of them, they run ads on them. They're running them on DVRs, and we all know you can skate through the commercials on a DVR, but we also all know that you can see them as well. So the the total amount of viewership is measurable and every time the networks do this I think they're making themselves less and less relevant to the total spectrum of viewership out there.
0: Yep.
2: Well, exactly.
0: <laughs> I mean, it it's just it's just a the the nature of the beast that media the whole media landscape is changing, but it, it's you know, changing in the, in the nature of, you know, earth, it changes slowly (laughs) and, and, you know, it's, it's really hard to measure unless you look at things in a, in a larger scope of time. And there are those of us who are on the brink of technology, who are watching our episodes on the internet and the, and downloading episodes and watching them on our TVs that are hooked up to media centers or or whatever. And life is, life is awesome for us, but we're a very small segment of the population that is basically motivating the entire industry. And so, you know, we have to understand that whereas we can see where things will be in 10, 15, 20 years, the, the companies that have invested so much in the infrastructure, um, don't want things to change and, and are very resistant to the idea of change. And, uh, that's just how business is. Business is supposed to be, you know, a very careful game. And um, I, I think that it's, whereas it's frustrating to have comp- television companies do that, it's also, um, you know, understandable. They've got investors to keep happy. And if if that means that they're going to drop a show that's underperforming from their perspective, uh, then they need to do that. It's just, it's just going to suck for those of us who like watching Dollhouse.
1: So that brings us to our trivia question of the day, which is not a trivia question at all.
3: So I have this prepped and ready to go. Shall I go there? Go for it. So tonight's trivia question is not actually trivia. It's a subjective question. The answer that we like the best wins. Okay, and here's your question, which I will post online immediately following this announcement. What is wrong with Fox? Seriously. And what is wrong with it? <laughs> so, think about it. Don't rush, because the answer that we think is the best will win. You could go for funny. You could go for poignant. Whatever you feel like. But just make it good. Make it snappy.
2: And what what will they win tonight?
3: They will win something very special tonight. It is a beautiful art booklet by a wonderful artist that we met at Comic-Con named Tracy Lee Quinn and she Ooh. draws the nicest pinup girls that I have ever seen.
2: Yes, that wonderful Shane Glein style. If you want your if you like your pinup girls looking like they were on Samurai Jack, <laughs> <laughs> she is the chick for you.
3: Y- you know, she she was excellent. Like I wanna commission her still. I've gotta get in touch with her. I wanted to commission her for a piece, but when I went up to her Sunday morning at Comic Con, she was already full first thing in the morning.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh well getting back to the topic at hand. Um I really think that it the suits have to look at how they are going I mean it's their job to make money off of this. Instead of just simply letting it die, it's, there should be someone assigned to it saying, OK, how do we make this a success? And I think the next thing they are going to look at are the DVD sales of Dollhouse. Because remember a few years ago when Family Guy was dropped, they canceled Family Guy. They thought it was not a profitable show. And then when the DVD sales report started coming in, they gave it a second chance, but
3: and it's so much easier to do that with a cartoon than it is for a live-action show.
0: That's true. Um, you know, for example, Firefly. I've heard rumbles in the interweb recently about we should bring back Firefly, and you know, all of those actors have moved on and been very successful in in you know new stuff. And the second the Dollhouse is canceled, I mean, um, apparently there was already a tweet. Um, from a few of the actors on Dollhouse, you know they enjoyed their time, but they're they're already out looking for new stuff and uh, probably right. have plenty of jobs lined up. So not to
3: mention, there are things like sets that have been destroyed that would be so costly to remake.
0: Absolutely, I mean, don't, think about don't.
3: Serenity. Like, could you rebuild Serenity perfectly, assuming that it's not still in existence at this point five years later? Yeah. I mean, it would be a horribly difficult task, and you know that every fan would be right there going, this is wrong, and this is wrong, and why did you do it that way? That's not what it looked like before. You know they'd be right there doing that. Yeah.
0: I think that we need to, we, that as, a, as a fan base, you know, we need to say, yeah, Fox, you suck. Uh, <laughs> so, you know what? Don't do that anymore, and I know that that's not going to change anything, but I'm sad, so now I've got to go find something else to watch.
3: And Um, not Eastwick, because that got canceled too.
0: Not Eastwick. I actually, I'm I'm looking at Flash Forward to take over my dollhouse spot. I I haven't watched it yet, but i got to give it a chance. Can I make
1: a suggestion for you? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Last week's V was actually pretty good.
0: Oh, I don't know. I have, I have uh, memories of, of V.
1: I know. So do I. <laughs> and I'm a hell of a lot older than you.
2: <laughs> I know. So how was is, how is the version without the Beastmaster there?
1: Well, I'll tell you. There were a couple of things that, that struck me about V almost immediately. Um, although the first episode well, I was kind of lukewarm with. Uh, okay. The second episode... Uh, the priest who played Tom Baldwin in the 4,400 and the showrunner and head producer who were head producers in the 4,400, I guess decided it was time to make some jokes. So there were about three or four references to the 4,400 in the episode. The guy who plays who played Wash in Firefly? And for the life of me, I can't remember his name.
3: Alan Tudyk. You never remember his name.
1: I know it. Alan Tudyk is now a visitor. Hmm. And uh, oh, his, is he the is he the Willie character? No, he's the he's the ex FBI partner. It's it's okay. actually a new character. Okay. And uh, what they've done with him. Is his his ex partner says to their boss, "Yeah, he smelled like he hadn't washed in
2: weeks." But um, um
1: and I yeah. mean, it was it was just filled with a, a whole series of nice in jokes for fanboys like me, uh, and a lot of people got a lot of people got the jokes. Because when I walked into work the following morning, it was like, did you catch all the 4,400 jokes? And I very slyly turned back to him and said, did you catch the Firefly joke? Like, <laughs> no! Really? Yeah. So, if there can be a, a tongue-in-cheek with this as well, it's hmm. not bad.
0: I'll have to check that out. I'm vetting, I'm, I guess I have to do, there needs to be a vetting process for my... For my dollhouse slot, <laughs> yeah, you need
3: to well, hold auditions, and it's a process.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which uh, which series has the least likelihood of being cut by Fox? That's the, that's the first thing. Well, uh, it's on ABC, so
1: we don't have much to worry about there. Okay.
3: Now let's think forward. Who's the next to go? My vote is Sanctuary. You think oh, so? That... I think Sanctuary is in its death throes, and. You know,
0: I have to say, I watched the latest episode today, and you know what? God, I agree with you. There is nothing left of interest it's in Sanctuary, it's which is really too bad. Because yeah. when
3: it first started, you know, first couple episodes when it was Monster of the Week, I really enjoy that type of format. I like to learn about different monsters, and I don't care that they never come back. It's just fun.
0: But the the real thing the real thing that that I think screwed up Sanctuary is the fact that they tried to make it about the characters instead of the action.
3: Sure. You know? That I mean, even when they started bringing in the characters, the Invisible Girl, Nikola Tesla, I'm like, okay, I can get on board with that. It got a little more steampunk. I can deal with that. But like towards the end of that season, when you know the Cabal started coming in and yeah. just screw in with them for no apparent reason there's no like apparent motive here it's just like we don't like you
0: the the real problem is that you know a lot i think that a lot of writers don't understand that if you're going to do a a, a monster of the week type of show and you want to do stuff with the characters you keep the characters alive and you have them talk with each other and interact with each other. The problem with Sanctuary is that they were always interacting with other people outside of the group, you know? Where, whereas I think that Warehouse 13 does it much better because all of the character interactions are amongst the four or five people involved. Right. So, and also
1: they still they still work with that Monster of the Week routine. Absolutely. Exactly. And they so now, do a great job with it.
3: So now Sanctuary has gone from Monster of the Week to Epic War Storyline.
0: Well they but had this
3: major virus, which they still cured, so it really wasn't much of a cliffhanger. Yeah. To killing off the hottest girl on the show, killing off the second hottest girl on the show.
0: Yeah. Like, well, really I mean, why. stop
2: the insanity. I know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was never really interested in either of those characters. I, they they never really added much to the to the show for me, besides you know being attractive. But you know, I found I found uh, Henry to be a really interesting character, and the Neanderthal or whatever he is. But they don't uh, do
3: anything with the interesting characters. They're just kind of there,
0: right? Well, and I, having just today caught up on Sanctuary. They're trying to get back into the monster of the week thing, but they've got you know only three or four of the original characters involved, and I'm like, okay, so now you're just gonna pretend as though it's business as usual after you've killed off like half the the, like every every person's significant other has died. Yeah, it just seems really weird. I dread
3: Torchwood to be.
0: Oh God. Let's, uh, not, let, let's not talk about well, Torch. Let's not
3: go there. But the real kiss no. of death for me was not this past episode, but the one before that, where she gets launched into an apocalyptic future, but, oh, wait, it's just a dream.
2: Oh, are you serious? I
3: am so serious. <laughs> it, was, it was the most cliched. You could tell from the beginning that that's, there was a weird mist, and then she was in the future. Uh... I have no idea how I got here. Oh no! What do I do? Oh, there's some infection. It was oh, like look,
1: it's Land of the Lost.
3: Twenty-eight days later, like we ran out of ideas. It was a dream.
0: Uh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that was pretty bad. Um, like, this last well, this last episode wasn't that great either. It was you know. Oh wait, H- Henry's got a love interest that has been going on for the past five years, but we haven't seen them at all. In any of the previous episodes, and And I'm like,
3: wait, she's kind of married. Wait a second, what? Yeah. Oh my gosh. We knew nothing about her, but yeah, this has been going on. Didn't you notice? Oh, you didn't. Sorry. Uh, So that's why I think Sanctuary is the next to go.
0: Yeah, but you know, in the in the uh, um, mindset of of Hollywood, uh, they'll probably sign them on for a third season. Oh, probably.: Oh, why not? But oh, I'm about remake. I'm about ready to drop that slot as well, because yeah. it's just getting ridiculous.
1: Where do we stand on Eureka?
3: Eureka? Is that still on? It is still on. It had a pretty successful season, I think, but it's really really been getting more and more formulaic.
1: Well, it had to at some point, didn't it? Mm.
3: No, well, I think most shows start off really formulaic and then, you know, branch out. So they start off like Monster of the Week and then Mm. they sort of get into bigger and bigger story arcs as, you know, the show establishes itself. But I feel like Eureka started with a big story arc and has been getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. And the acting is good. The characters are compelling, but I'm just not interested because I know at the end of the show... That they're gonna come up with some mysterious technology that, you know, Fargo has been working on with some other document <laughs> week.
2: Well, they'll just add that's something they steal from Star Trek. Put the techno babble in the script here, and oh, can we do this, Captain? Why, yes, we can.
3: Of course, we can. Yeah. Just, you know, you know, charge the flux capacitor or whatever.
2: Yeah. Uh, the language
1: no it's The <laughs> electrophoretic enzymes
3: will cure it. What does that even mean? Nothing? Let's,
2: let's move on to uh, something coming up tomorrow night that I think is of big interest. I guess they're going to have finally air the remake of The Prisoner tomorrow uh, night. At-
0: I don't think that that's the biggest thing uh, that's happening tomorrow,
2: but... Uh, I mean, well, yes, I'm sure there's a football game somewhere, but why?
0: What else? <laughs> uh, well, we've got the second in the four-part uh, specials of the Doctor Who. Yes.
2: I'm sorry, that's tomorrow night. It
0: that's is tomorrow. Oh. Night. <sighs> Wait! Well,
2: hold all my calls. Board up the windows.
0: Uh, uh, I actually, it's. It's uh, tissues. <laughs> it's uh, it's at. 7pm London time uh, England time uh, and uh, which is about 2pm EST and so I figure it'll be available on various channels shortly after that but uh, yeah, tomorrow afternoon is uh, the second in a four part mini series I guess you could say of Doctor Who. This episode is called The Waters of Mars um, and it actually features one of the oldest of the Doctor's Companions. Ooh. And have, have they
2: it. said who that is?
0: Uh, yep, they have. Um, that actually would have made uh, a pretty great um, trivia question, now that I think about it. <laughs> oh, well. Um, you know, you're right, it would have. Oh, well. Oh,
2: well. Oh well. You're stuck with that. Well, stuff that's actually going to be on network TV here. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I, I don't know the name of um, this particular companion. Um, maybe the dome could could give us a little. I bit I don't of know. Insight. I think X knows them all. Yeah. Oh God. Would it be
2: Susan? Uh. Ian, Susan. Ian. Barbara. Vicky. Jamie. Zoe. You, know, you should look at the. Polly, uh, ben.
0: You should look at the picture because you might be able to tell. Um, I, know, I know the actress's name, but I don't... All right. Anyone
2: listening out there, please call in with that information.
3: You might even oh, get a prize. There we go.
2: All of our chat rooms are now jammed.
3: If by jammed, you mean empty. Shh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: can't stop the signal. Uh, Oh, God. Well, I am such a diehard Doctor Who fan. I cannot
0: wait for this. Absolutely. Um, It's going to be a good one. Oh, Uh, and, you know, that brings, as long as we're talking Doctor Who, um, I I had no idea of this, but November 21st is uh, the, um, they're going to start airing a series of television shows, uh, animations, actually based on Doctor Who with David Tennant.
2: Oh really? I have one of those.
0: Yeah, it's a six-part animation called Dreamland, and it's got—it looks like it's a 3D animation, and it's got a very David Tennant-looking uh, rendering on the page. So, excellent. Awesome. Another Doctor Who thing to look forward to as we wait for them to do an actual season.
2: Hmm. Uh, and wait, and wait. wait.
1: Yeah, well, while you're busy waiting, don't get your hopes up on that one either.
0: Yeah. Well, they've got a new doctor, so...
2: Gotta give him a chance. He's got one show.
0: Give him a chance. One show. One show for the doctor? Afraid so. Oh, no. Look at at it this way. Hey. If
1: if you look at Tennant's first show after he took over from... Eccleston. 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 Okay. First of all, Eccleston comes on after a 10-year hiatus. Right. Blows the roof off the joint. Because everybody involved knows that first one has to hit, has to hit big. Yes. At the end of the first season, Eccleston calls it quits.
2: To this day, I don't understand why.
3: It was a dumbass move.
2: Typecasting. Oh the the second doctor, uh, Patrick Troughton, used to advise all the, the doc anyone who would take the role says, Look, you really don't want to do this more than three seasons, or it will make it hard for you to get work. Mm-hmm. And Tom Baker famously said, No, I'll do it for seven seasons and was almost starved to death afterwards. Couldn't get a job for years. True. So, then, so then Eccleston decides to leave.
1: And everybody goes, Oh God, who is this schmuck? Who and we yeah. see oh.
3: Casanova and Barbie Crouch. And yeah.
1: we see all the pre publicity, and nobody seems very impressed. And I just sat back and I waited. Yep. Because they know what they've got to do. Right. And they know that they've got to bust the doors down in the first episode. Right. And he's got one shot. And right now he's got
2: so much going against him; it isn't funny. Yeah. Now, I mean, the thing is, you you can't really judge doctors by their first episodes alone. Oh, I. Sometimes they've got. Sometimes they got to grow into it. Peter Peter Davidson, you know, who followed right after Tom Baker, his first episode is good, but at the same time, you're like, this this is the Doctor and then there's some people now where it's like that's the definitive
0: doctor you know I I think that I've just gotta give him the benefit of the doubt you know and 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 let let the let the writers and the actors and the producers let them all work together and figure out what kinks they need to have and work out with this new actor before I can really make a judgment although don't 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 mistake me. My judgment will be harsh because oh, yeah. this guy has big shoes to fill. Big Converse right. shoes. And he has big and he has... Converse shoes.
2: And from the looks of it, he hasn't stopped growing and uh, he'll be shaving soon. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll need to drive.
3: Aww. <laughs> I love David Tennant. He's just a uh, riot.
2: Yeah. Yeah, let's have him on next week. Yeah, okay. we'll just...
3: Tennant, if you're out there, we'd love to have you.
0: In more than one way. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, then.
3: <laughs> <laughs> David Tennant, uh, I would go straight well, for you. Uh,
2: how are we getting on feedback for our, our trivia question?
3: Um, like the actual trivia question?
0: Yeah.
3: Um, no comments.
0: Well, how about a quick update on uh, the Men Who Stare at Goats?
3: John Bronson, okay. our good buddy.
0: Yeah. he uh, the, the movie came out, um, and it hit theaters November 6th. And the, the gross revenue, according to my favorite source for information, Wikipedia, is currently at $19 million. Not quite made up what they spent on it. And its ratings on Rotten Tomatoes is about 50 per, 55%. So it's not getting the warmest uh, reviews, but the few things that I've heard from people who have gone to see it said it was an enjoyable film. It just wasn't. It didn't blow anyone out of the water.
1: Hmm. There's a reason for that.
3: It was enjoyable. John Ronson is insane.
2: (laughs) But we love him. Yeah, but look, he's insane. Wait, wait, get on the soapbox.
3: Drag it out from under your desk there,
2: Dome.
1: I, I spent the dome
3: hour. saying John Ronson is insane.
1: I spent an hour talking to the guy. An hour.
3: Not just not just half an hour.
1: Not not half an hour.
2: Not okay. 22 minutes with commercials.
1: This straight is the,
2: hour. Right stop. This is the author of the novel on which the movie is based, correct? Correct. Correct. Alright. The book.
1: If, if, if you're going to take it seriously, you need your head examined. The first question that I asked John was, if 15% of what you're saying in this book is true, then the world is in trouble. And his reply was, it's all true. And it's, there's not a chance in hell. Okay? Okay.
0: I just I'm I'm looking well, forward to see seeing Jeff Bridges in something again.
1: Oh yeah, I mean you know it's it's got a, an interesting cast in more ways than one. Um, you know the guy who who took the book and turned it into a script is more than competent at doing that. But the reality is, uh, this book is insane.
0: It's- <laughs> I think that's okay. kind of the point, but yeah, there's a uh, the, the other the the big name movie that's just come out is sort of science fiction, I suppose. Uh, in the in the vein that it's a whole lot of bull is uh, 2012. Oh, go ahead. I'm so
3: sick of that one. Okay, so first of all, just just FYI, the Mayan calendar does not predict the end of the world in 2012. It is cyclical. You know, the Mayans are not around. They can't update their calendar anymore. Sorry.
1: And it's not that I wouldn't go out of my way to see Amanda Peet in a movie. Because I would. I mean, you know, she's terrific eye candy. But Roland Emmerich has just become obsessed with CGI to the point where there's very little plot to this. Right. Besides, hey, it's the end of the world, run for your wives.
3: And your mistresses.
2: And your
1: mistresses. And here. Amanda
3: Pete. And Amanda Peet. <laughs> mm.
2: Well, again, this is the man who screwed up Godzilla royally. Big time. <laughs> I mean, when, when a guy in a suit, in a fake rubbery suit, looks more real than this $100 million spectacle... Oh, yeah. Oh, if Tracy didn't have the keys, we would have walked right out of that one. (laughs) Gene, you know what the worst part of that movie was? Matthew Broderick. Oh, yeah. I call the movie Save Ferris because that's pretty much what it
3: was. (laughs) But, yeah. uh, So, we have some new stuff, and I think we should talk about um, some new stuff and what's going on next week because we have a pretty big show next week. Yes. We have a great
1: show next week.
3: So, I think that we should mention that we have a store. If you think we're awesome, go to zazzle.com scifico sci-fi co, S-C-I-F-I-C-O. And um, we have all sorts of goodies up there that you can buy. We have t-shirts, buttons, magnets, uh, mugs. We have postage stamps.
2: And my favorite... The Brain Slippers.
3: Oh, the slippers are not up yet. The slippers are pending review.
2: They still haven't gotten back
3: to us on that? No, they did, but I have to fix something.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, by the way, we got our first comment back on our uh, trivia question. We did. We did. And the comment is? Mark DB, and it's a fairly long one. Mark. I think he
3: was our trivia winner last week.
1: Yeah, he he (laughs) says... um, this is a fairly complex question because Fox is an awesome station. As per Wikipedia, and then he does a little cut and paste in Wikipedia, uh, they carried themselves with shows like Married with Children, got the golden ticket with The Simpsons. While they stay at the top of the ratings, it doesn't really seem like Fox has defined itself with anything new. Simpsons is getting old and has to die in the near future.
3: Oh, please, dear God. Oh, God, I said that 10 years ago. To-
1: the contest shows are cyclical. I think Fox is purely looking for a show to start grooming into the next foundation of the network. And, well, I think it sucks. <laughs> and, well, and, and, you know, I, I hate that... to mince my words here, but I really think Fox executives have, have their heads up their ass. And for whatever reason, be it monetary, be it whatever, um, I think Whedon needs to look at another model in which to deliver his stuff, and uh, you know, there's a whole lot of a whole lot of complexity
2: involved here. Mark, you are absolutely oh. right. Wow, this has been a monologue by Old Man Dome. Hey, by- this is
3: the Dome saying, <laughs> soliloquy. "Don't
2: forget to bite me." Yeah.
3: Soliloquy. Oh.
2: And, by the way, uh, Dome, again, kudos for you to being the subject of the brand-new Stephen King book. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen King's Under the Dome, the TV ad, all I hear is the dome came, death followed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, that Uh, was pretty much the motto for the day today, wasn't
2: it? Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So So my question to you is, all right, Stephen King, Under the Dome. When were you over him? Well, this goes back to a, a time in the late 60s that I really
1: don't want to get into because I don't remember much of it. And evidently, Stephen remembers much more of it than I do. Death
3: followed,
1: <laughs> apparently. It's, it's, it's enough to write his novel of yeah. the week. Uh,
3: so, you
1: know, or novel of the month, whichever. Wow, he
3: slowed down.
1: Yeah, he did. But yeah. you know, leave, leave it to uh, Stephen to uh, to uh, bring up our, our our friendship and relationship. Good for him.
3: I think you have to air quote when you say friendship. Okay. <laughs> I think
1: I just did, but that's okay.
3: just just have to mention that. Mm.
1: Can you actually air quote during a podcast?
3: Um, I'm not sure. Uh, well, you can. The, I don't know if it'll come uh, through.
2: Of course we can. We're professionals. Come on.
3: That's right. We are super, we are uber professionals.
2: That's right. Uh, Anyway, so next next... week.
3: Yes. We have the fine people from the HP Lovecraft podcast. What's it called, Brian?
2: It's HPpodcraft.com. What a uh, cool name. Yeah, I got to tell you, this is one of my favorite sites right now where they are going through and they are going to review every single story that Lovecraft ever wrote in chronological order and not be sparing at, you know, any inconsistencies they find. And the thing that's really good, these are the people who gave us the Call of Cthulhu film a few years ago. And if you haven't seen it, it is one of the finest novel-to-film adaptations I have ever seen. Um, As a diehard Lovecraft fan, I I can't wait to talk to these guys next week.
3: It's going to be awesome. And then what do we have to give away next week?
2: Next week, we will be giving away a copy of it's it's a greatest hits pack of Lovecraft. It's a it's the story collection called Blood-Curdling Tales of Horror and the Macabre, which features uh, Shadow Over Mouth, Call of Cthulhu, Whisper in Darkness, all his great stories.
3: I just like to make an announcement that Sci-Fi Saturday Night staff are not eligible to win the (coughs) trivia question. Drew. (laughs) <laughs> no, but,
1: she's, but she's certainly eligible to make the comment
3: Of course But you course. can't win
1: She so says there.
3: damn
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh. The comment hey. is great Was anything ever right with Fox Yes uh, wow. after, mar- after married with children I'm not sure
3: So we should, we should also shout out to our new staff We have two staff members. Drew is our production assistant. Yes. Is that what we're calling her?
1: That works for me.
3: And we also have the Zombrarian. She's our editor. And grammar Nazi.
2: Zombrarian.
3: Zombrarian. And if you make grammatical errors, she will eat your brains.
2: And silence fell over the podcast.
1: I I would just... Basically helping <laughs> you know, uh, for uh, some uh, some assistance, but if I have to go to brain-eating for it, I, I think I'm going to pass.
3: I don't yeah. think you have a choice.
1: Uh, evidently not.
2: Uh,
0: That's hey, okay. I don't, have, I, thought, I don't have much in the way of brains anyway. So.
2: Hmm. Now, I, I want to get back to this. Um, there was an item on... Uh, Sci fi.com a few days ago, the tagline was Nothing is Sacred. And it was an article about how they are remaking the film Fright Night. Shoot me. But it is being written and directed by Marty Knoxon of Buffy and Firefly and Dollhouse fame. And Angel and.
3: Everything We Love.
2: And yeah.
3: That pretty much sums it up, I think.
2: The right hand of Whedon.
1: <laughs> so are you saying this is going to have a Whedon twist in it? or
2: I'm saying, whereas normally I see a remake's coming and I cringe, this I'm like, you know, Roddy McDowell's not going to be in it, but I'll give it a shot.
3: I think we need to coin that term. It's like the Picard maneuver, the Whedon twist.
1: <laughs> it's probably not a bad idea. I mean, I'm sorry, but I like the way he writes. I like the way he puts a show together. And the reality is, I like shows that he does. It's
3: like the Streisand effect.
1: Well, yeah, for gay guys.
3: No, have you never heard of the Streisand effect?
1: No. What am I missing It's an internet
3: phenomenon, first of all. I think the phrase was coined on the blog Tech Dirt, which I read religiously. I love it. Um, And it basically refers to... When something that you don't wish to be made public goes online, say an embarrassing video, and you break out the lawyers to shut it down, (laughs) but all the lawyers do is draw more attention to it so then everybody sees it. And if you had not brought out the lawyers and just let it go, probably no one would have. Uh, That's called the Streisand effect. Effect. So you can ridicule people when they do stuff like that.
1: So you you, re, you really have some high hopes for Friday night, do you, X?
2: Um, well, again, I I follow just even as a comic book fan, I follow writers. And Marty Knoxon has definitely proven herself as a writer, as a director. Um, I think that yeah, I definitely will follow I will check it out. You know, I mean again, let's the other thing is we're talking about Fright Night, which I thought was a very good B-movie. I didn't think... It wasn't like they said, and we're going to remake a film called Star Wars. But this time, the cast is all female and in roller skates, and we're going to have... You know, oh, cool!
3: Just like you know, I would starring Drew funny. Barrymore.
2: Yes. Really? <laughs> yep. So awesome. As Luann Skywalker. <laughs> uh, now, oh. uh... You know, I'm just saying, you know, that's the whole thing. If you're going to do a remake, do a remake of something that's not necessarily as beloved as wow. some of the other things. I mean, I've, I've never really gone and seen the big Fright Night cult. So I'm like, you know, I love the movie. Or I really love the movie because I love Roddy McDowell's character. And I'm like, that's going to hurt that that's missing. But I will give this a shot.
3: Now I have this image of Drew Barrymore in her, like, Roller Girls costume, going, (laughs) I used to bullseye womp rats in my T-16 back
2: home. Oh, really? (laughs) Show me, (laughs) Drew.
1: That's really sad.
3: It's a little disturbing.
1: More than a little disturbing. The other unfounded internet rumor of the week... Yes. ...was that George Lucas is actually going to produce the third Star Wars trilogy...
3: Oh, that goes yeah, around okay. every five seconds.
1: No, it was it was it was leaked by a source close to Skywalker Ranch, evidently a neighbor. <laughs> I have no idea, but it's shown up on a couple of different websites. Yeah,
3: the- you know what though? It always does. Yeah, I know. If you believe it, you're gullible. Sorry.
1: No, it's not that yeah. I believe it. It's just that uh, it's one of those. It's one of those, the first time it happened, we all kind of went, hey, wouldn't that be cool? And we kind of got shown, uh, no, not really.
2: Oh.
3: <laughs> I think if he tries to make another Star Wars movie, someone's going to put him out of his misery. Because, yeah.
1: He's got to do something else. He's got to do something else. Oh, have uh-
3: you seen any of the previews for Avatar? Avatar?
1: Yes, yes. I have. it looks kind of interesting.
3: It does. I'm it kind of worried gorgeous. it's not going to live up to the hype. But the
2: hype has been fairly heavy. Yeah. So what is it? This has to make like 500 million dollars to break even or something. Well, something Cameron, like
3: that. And and like something I heard great. that em- anything that went over like the original budget is coming out of James Cameron's pocket, and he's like doing it. <laughs> Wow. So it's like an extravagantly expensive film.
1: And he's he basically ponied up his entire salary for the movie and took nothing off the front end, is only getting points off the back end, which means until that movie breaks even, he doesn't make a dime.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Ugh. That's one wow. hell of a gamble. That is. Oh.
3: But he believes in it, and that's what's encouraging. Is He
2: yeah.
3: is in love with this movie. He really has been working. I believe he waited to make it until he thought the technology was right to do it right the first time. I can respect that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the technology looks good, too. I, I got to say, they did a yeah. five-minute piece of it on either abc or fox the other night that i happened to catch and wow wow just
2: just
3: wow
1: i've said it too
3: i don't remember what it was in the middle of i think maybe big bang theory
2: yeah that's the demographic
1: (laughs) yeah the geek demographic was definitely there for that totally
2: i've said it before i am so happy i lived long enough to see decent special effects Growing up, this, growing up in the 70s, man. The Spider-Man TV movies where you can see him being pulled up on a winch. Oh, <laughs> wait, oh.
1: wait, wait. How about growing up in the 50s when you could see the wire that the rocket was going on? Well, that's charming. Well,
3: you don't have to have an old contest, really. No,
2: no, don't be yeah, weird. Do. Shut I, up. I, I don't...
3: Get the and... door! Angelo's pizza X yeah.
2: Who is it <laughs>
3: I'm oh, it's busy our, it's a,
2: I'm busy I'm podcasting Mom, <laughs> Mom
3: shut the door
1: <laughs> If it's home in Venus, Don't tell him I'm on the
2: toilet <laughs> Oh god Yeah total geek heaven. We, are, we have come to that point of the show <laughs> We
3: have. <laughs> I think we're quoting the Big Bang Theory. I think we've probably had enough. I think everyone's had enough of us.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I oh God. It, uh, yeah. So who wins the trivia question this week? I think well, let's I, let
3: it go for the week. Let's let it go next week. Well, let's So what? Of to see
2: what I was gonna say, people, please write in all week long. We'll see. The, uh, I'm sure we'll get some good. In- <laughs> some- Some good commentary. Oh, I'm tired.
1: (laughs) Alrighty then. uh, Live from Area 51. From Boston. From Manch, Vegas, New Hampshire. And from somewhere outside the steel mills of Gary, Indiana. Thanks for listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We hope to catch you on the fly next time. You can also listen to us on our website or by subscribing to us on iTunes. Be care, this is the dome Be care? What does be care mean? <laughs> I have no idea. This is the dome saying dyslexia is wonderful. <laughs> have a great evening, everyone.
0: Not all.
2: Good night. Yeah.